Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, everybody. Good evening. This is Pastor Zachary, Pastor Omar Zachary here at Praise Tabernacle Church. And you are tuned in to our Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, we thank you so much for those that are already in, and we thank God for those that's going to be tuning in and those that may uh, catch it at a later time. Uh, we made a couple of, well, just a little change tonight in our schedule, uh, and we're going to, I'm going to be leading uh, our family night. We're going to do that tonight instead of next week. So we're going to go into that tonight. Uh, those of you that tuned in at the last family um, Bible study, the one for September, uh, you remember we was discussing Abraham, uh, Sarai, well, Abram, Sarai, and uh, Hagar, and we're going to pick up with that tonight. So uh, just go ahead on and call somebody or text somebody, let them know that Praise Tabernacle Church is on. Uh, this is our second round, and uh, second round we're going to hear from the ladies, we're going to hear from the brothers that's on, and we're going to kind of just uh, duke it out in the spirit. We duke it out. We're going to fight it out in the spirit and kind of, uh, uh, you know, for the most part, bring it home and make it palatable, make it relatable uh, to what we go through uh, in our everyday lives, especially for those that are uh, married or in relationships or contemplating marriage. Uh, we understand there's going to be a lot of difficulty uh, it's going to be a lot of challenges in in our marriages. So, uh, all right, let, let's get into it. We're not we're not going to not going to hold you up. Thank you once again for tuning in. We're going to say a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to get a quick review from our panel, uh, just from what we discussed to kind of bring us up to our current uh, for tonight, and then we're going to go a little farther. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you, appreciate you for allowing us to come together. Just one more time, how beautiful and pleasant it is for brother and sisters to dwell together in unity. Thank you for the panel, uh, for all those that are on. I ask that you continue to bless every family that's represented here on tonight. Strengthen us, every wife, every husband, the children. Uh, strengthen every family. Uh, give us the mind to stick together and stay together and, and stay with you. As we enter into this Bible study, into this lesson on the night, we already know that there's something that's going to be said that's going to uh, strike our heart, and we just appreciate you for your grace and your mercy, and it's in Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, for those that are on tonight, um, and I, I just told the panel this, so we'll just see whoever uh, may want to give a quick um Review maybe just one or two quick little points on what we discussed uh, last month concerning uh, Abram, Sarai, and Hagar. Uh, anybody at this time that just may want to give a quick, maybe a little 10, 10 15 second, uh, one or two points that that uh, that sticks out to you. I know I just told y'all this, um, but maybe one or two points that stuck out from the last time we discussed this. Anybody at this moment? Um, I would just like to say that, um, just going over the story real quick, that um, God had told Abram that he was going to have seeds and look toward heaven and tell if you could number the stars. 
you know, and that's how his seeds will be. So God is already letting him know that he was setting something up. And, you know, of course he took actions into his own hands because of his wife. So we had a situation where he wanted to figure it out on his own, and then we're up to a point where uh, where we are now. That's my 15 seconds. I was going to say more, but that's, that's my 15 seconds. Okay, thank you. Quick question, Minister. Quick question. Did he yes, figure it out on his own, or did his wife kind of figure it out? Which is, did, did Abraham suggest it, or did his wife? Wife, his wife. Okay, all right. I'll just you say Abraham tried to figure it out. I'll just I'll just making sure. You know we, you know we got a rough crowd yeah, yeah. tonight. We. we... <laughs> well, uh, what but, I meant by that, what I meant by yeah, that, sure. the, the action of him listening to his wife. But yeah, that's oh, okay. okay. All right, that's all right. I got. You. All right. Thanks for clarity. Thanks for clarity. Anybody else? Yeah. Real quick, I'm glad uh, Minister Tober said that. seemed like we're going to be on teams tonight. Um, <clears throat> but to clarify, the Lord spoke to Abraham, and Abraham didn't listen to the Lord. He took it upon himself to listen to outside influences like his wife, and that's how we got to where we're at right now. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Oliver. That's, that's the anybody else. Absolutely, because I'm not going to let the men take over tonight. So um, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, just a, a brief thing also. Um, we have Sarah, who was the wife, the wife of Abram, and we found out in the text that she's barren, meaning not able to have children. And, you know, if you're not familiar with the story or if you weren't tuned in about three weeks ago when we went over this in the Bible study, um, since Sarah wasn't able to have children, she gave Hagar to her husband, Abram. Hagar was the handmaid, meaning the personal servant to the lady of the house. Generally, the lady of the house is of a wealthy family that gets the handmaid. And um, just for a few few brownie points, because I I hear the men out here talking tonight, Hagar is um, meaning forsaken flight or stranger. So, you know, y'all just keep that in mind as y'all listen further tonight with the Bible study of PCC. Okay. All right, Sister Tober. Okay, anybody else? All right, okay, that's it. Do um, Oliver is is Sister Oglesby on? Not yet. Okay, my wife is, your is wife on, on, but she might she's on. She may be on a call. Okay, all right. She and will I, be coming. She is on. Okay, all right, cool. I don't think my wife is on. I think she 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 ran back into the game. So, okay, all right. So good. So so um, sister sister uh, Tober, you you might have to you might have to throw some jabs tonight. You might have to throw some jabs. So, all right, let's go. Let's pick up in Genesis the 16th chapter. We kind of I believe we stopped around verse five six. Uh, five or six. So I'm, I'm going to pick up at Genesis 16 and verse 5, just for the sake of, uh, you know, kind of this is the area where we where we dropped off. Um, so Genesis 16, verse 5, and then we'll, we'll read a little bit, and then we'll talk, and then we'll uh, 
open it up, kind of see what everyone is getting. So Genesis 16 and 5, And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. Now, we, now I know we just talked about Sarai in the review, but now we can see where Sarai is admitting that her actions were wrong. In other words, we can see that she's saying, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. And, and in that same scripture, it says, because I was despising her eyes. In other words, uh, Haggai is starting to pick on her and, and mock her because, you know, here Haggai, the maid, as, as Sister Tobert pointed out, the handmaiden, uh, she said, nah, 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 boo-boo, you know, I, I, I'm pregnant. You know, I got a baby on the way, and yeah, you know, you're the woman of the house, but here I am able to provide something to your husband that you can't. I mean, I don't know how many women are out there um, that may have been in a situation where someone else uh, was providing something, a service of some sort, to your husband because you couldn't. And it's not that she, she wouldn't. Is that she could now some some relationships uh, you have, and we got to be honest. Is is you have some women that could do certain stuff, but they won't do it. And then you have some you you know in a lot of situations. Uh, not saying us you know per se us on the panel, but in church and in the world in general, you have it where a lot of men have stepped outside because of something that another woman would provide. Now, we know that that doesn't make it right. Okay, we know that that doesn't make it right. But we have to be truthful and and at least address, point it out that we, we you know, there are situations that have happened in marriages, in relationships where other, because it, it can go both ways. Well, if you don't do it, I'll find somebody else that will. And that has broken up so many homes. Uh, it, it has destroyed so many marriages. And uh, because of one desire from one that the other would not meet that desire. So that's why it's really important before you get into, uh, let's say, marriage, that you understand what each other's, which what each other's desires are. Even, uh, you know, hey, do you want children? Okay, if you want children, how many children do you want? Okay, uh, where is the limit? Hey, are we planning to possibly stop? After one, you know, uh, are we are we trying to get our careers off the, uh, you know, off or the business off before we start our actual family? So these are conversations that, in a lot of cases, I've counseled, I mean, numerous couples, but 
these are conversations that if we have before we get married, it'll cut out a lot of uh, turmoil, a lot of disagreement, a lot of extra stuff that if we had just had the conversation, okay, if we had just had the conversation, now Sarah is having to deal with the side chick because of something that she wanted to do but she couldn't do, okay? She couldn't have children. She was barren. God had shut up her womb. She couldn't. You know, she would have no doubt loved to have had children for Abram, but she couldn't. So now she makes a suggestion. Abram doesn't put up any fuss or any fight. He he goes head on and does what what uh, his wife says, what she suggests. Now the side chick, now Hagar, is flaunting uh, uh, the product you know, of what what happened. She the seed now has been planted. All right? So now Sarah acknowledges it and says, I messed up. Okay? Now look at verse six. Abram said unto Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. So she goes to her husband. Abram said, hey, I mean, hey, that's your handmaid. That's your, hey, you know, she's your servant. Do her as as you please. Okay? And now Sarah said, okay. Sarah deals with her, as the Bible says, hardly. She dealt hardly with her, meaning she dealt in an unfavorable manner towards Hagar because of what? Uh, Hagar was mocking, no doubt, you know, putting it in her face. And, uh, and and Sarah said, wait a minute. Sarah said, wait a minute, you don't forgot who you are. Okay? Yeah, you got a baby, but, but don't get it twisted. Okay? You got a, you got a baby. So she goes to Abram. Abram says, well, do with her what you want. Okay? She dealt with her so hard that Hagar fled. She left the house. She left the house, uh, you know, pregnant and all. I'm leaving. Okay, and then verse 7, then I open up. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur. So here she has left, and the angel finds Sarah, uh, Hagar out in the wilderness. Anybody want to say anything just on these three verses? Uh, Real quick, uh, Bishop, I just want to get a test on, on, on my wife's mic. Uh, can, you, can you say okay. something? Good evening. Okay, we got you. Hey, Oliver. Okay. All right, anybody, anybody, we hear you, Sister Oliver. Anybody got anything they want to say before we move move along? Okay. All right, well, cool. All right, now, let's look. Let's look. Let's go over to, uh, let me see. I'm going to stop that. Yeah, let me read this on out. Verse 8. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou uh, go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. She running from Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, watch this, and submit thyself under her hand. Okay? In other words, Sarah, even though she's on the run, but she got arrogant. Okay? She got arrogant because... You know, I can do something that you can't. She gets arrogant, all right? 
Sarah jumps at her. She leaves. The angel of the Lord comes back to her, tells her to humble yourself and come back and go back home. Submit yourself, go back home. In other words, you know, hey, what I need, what's getting ready to happen, I need you to be there in order for this plan to really take place. All right? Remember, God always has a plan. Even though we may, we go outside, God permits things. Okay, yes, he has a perfect will, and, I, and we said this last month, he has a permissive will. The permissive will is some things that he permitted, okay, but that it doesn't necessarily mean that was his perfect will. So uh, the angel of the Lord tells her to go back, submit yourself, verse 10. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. All right, we've already heard that with Abram. Abram. Okay, but now the angel is speaking to Hagar, giving her a promise. All right, verse 11. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Verse 12. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So he shall be a wild man. Now, historically and traditionally, we, we can, based on, uh, like say, history, we can trace Ishmael's descendants uh, even to the day, you know, uh, the wild men like, uh, those that are over in the, the Baghdad, uh, uh, um, Iraq area, these different areas where they are mountain people, they are wild uh, people. And one day I was I was looking at, uh, I think it was the Iraq War uh, when all that 9/11 and stuff happened, and when the troops went over, it was a lot of our troops were were getting killed because. I think they was calling it guerrilla warfare or something like that. In other words, they didn't have the, the training to fight these mountain folk. And when you go back and you look at the history of Ishmael and, and his descendants, these are the type of people that were mountain and wild-type folk. Okay, you can go back and search that. Go back and search that history. These, his descendants, just like Abrams, the Jews are still among us. You know, the same thing with, with Ishmael, okay, the same thing with his descendants. Remember, all pretty much the same blessing that God gave to Abram and Sarah, we just saw where he, he made the same type of promise with Hagar and Ishmael, okay? But the only difference was, the difference was the covenant, covenant, the, the promised uh, um, seed came from Sarah. Okay, but the permissive seed, okay, the permissive will, the permissive came from Hagar. All right? So let's keep that in mind. All right? So um, verse 13, and she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God, um, thou God seeth me. For she said, Have I also here looked after and seeth? And, well, hold on, I'm sorry. Um, for she said, have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Verse 14. Wherefore, the whale was called Berlaheroi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Barrett. 
And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. All right, so that, that, that's bringing us to the point where Ishmael is born, okay? Abraham is 86 years old, all right, 86 years old. So that means this man was, you know, around 85 or whatever when he, you know, and the Lord still blessed his body, all right? So now we're going to move into the chapter. Anybody got anything up to this point? Anybody Anybody want to uh, comment up to this point? So I do. I have a question. Go ahead. Uh-huh. And my, my question is because, okay, so um, Hagar ran away, and then the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain in the wild. So the angel told her to go back to Sarah and submit to her. So her obedience gave her a blessing um, and possibly protection from the reason that she ran away in the first place and obviously a son, which was, you know, deemed to be great versus daughters. But my question is, if she was getting blessed, for the affliction that she suffered, why was Ishmael, um, I guess in a summary, uh, the the wild donkey of a man or raising his fist against everybody and then he will live um, in hostility towards everybody and he was deemed to be an untamed man. So why not give her the, I guess, great son in a sense? If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that make that makes sense. Now I would I would say that that doesn't mean he's not a great son. This is just how he was going to be remember, he, he was gonna have just as many nations and uh you know, out of his loins as uh as Isaac. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say he wasn't, you know, um, blessed or what what have you. I mean, cause cause he was, he was just going to be a wild man. He was going to be a, a fighter, and uh, and I mean, we can even look we can even look on the on, um, Isaac's side, okay. And then the twelve tribes, you know, they had to fight too, okay. They they had to fight, you know. They you know, so I wouldn't. Just, just looking at this, I wouldn't say that he wasn't blessed uh, because, you know, God allowed him to live, and he blessed him, and he blessed his seed. Okay, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. So, so anybody else Anybody else got maybe something else you want to add uh, to, to her question? Good question. Um, it was definitely a good question. Um, I would just like to add kind of what you were saying that it kind of all lined up together. That may have um, just been a part of the scenario. If we look at, I'm sorry, one of the notes that I was going to say about, they talked about how he's going to be a wild man and stuff like that. Um, and this is just me adding something. Uh, opinion. So it could it be, you know, happening to deal with anything that the mom is doing. You see how every chance she get, like right now, she runs to the wilderness. You know, so maybe that is a 
place of comfort of him growing up, and that makes him develop different attributes to be on the wild side, you know, being in the wilderness. Like how it says, and, you know, how she got, when she ran off, she was in the wilderness. That's not her first time. Well, that's her first time in here, but, you know, later on down the line, you know, you got some other stuff that happened. But right. maybe that right. has something to do with it, you know, just something that's going to be a familiarity, so to speak, you know, because she's also um, an Egyptian, and, you know, she's, you know, different. She's a, a handmaiden herself. So maybe it's something that's more in the the history line or the – what's the thing that I want to say? The Like your family line, you know, like um, – your lineage, I, I can't get the word. I know the word right. I'm talking about, but within yeah. that, so maybe that could be part of it as well, you know, and that's not something that I'm just, you know, uh, that's an opinion, like a, a adding it to it. That's not something that's, you know, uh, 100% a fact, but that's just something that I'm seeing here. Maybe that could be a connection. And that, that's good. And that, uh, Ms. Tober, that's good. That made me think of the importance of fathers being around. So who knows what the outcome would have been. Um, I mean, even though the angel already spoke, you know, this is what I want you to do. In other words, I need you to take take him back home. He needs to be around his daddy. Okay, because later on we're going to see some things, as one of y'all just spoke, some, uh, Ms. Tobin said some other things going to transpire, but the main years of his life, the most, in, when I, 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 I guess, you know, up till 13 or so, he needs to be there getting tutelage, getting um, coaching, and getting things, you know, being with his father. Also, like I say, we're going to see, and I don't want to jump to it too quick where some things are going to uh, change, but, you know, for right now, it's important that he sticks with his dad. It's important that you take him back home and let his daddy raise him. See, I, that can take a whole nother uh, avenue right there with speaking to fatherlessness, uh, especially in our in our communities where, you know, something happens between mom and dad, and the children, the children are the ones that reap the their or whatever, the, the bad parts. The, the children are the ones that reap um, what happens between mom and dad. A lot of times when, when mom and dad splits or something comes in, in a lot of situations we forget, okay, hey, we, we still got children to raise. You know, we, we still both should still play an important part in the life of these children. Okay, whether it's one or ten, however, you know, hey, as we say, it takes two to tango. So I, I couldn't see, I can see the Lord even setting it up. Well, no, no, no. Go back. You fall under subjection to uh, Sarah. And if you fall under subjection to Sarah, then that keeps the bar in the presence of his father. See, a lot of times when things happen, in most cases, you know, the children, and we know the children wind up with, not every case, but in most cases, I, based on just what folks I've been around, um, the children wind up with their mother. And then the father, you know, kind of comes and goes and kind of, 
do as he wants, and, you know, hey, he may show up here and there, but it's important for the fathers to understand, yes, you and mom didn't work out or whatever, whatever happened, but that's still my responsibility. My child or children is still my responsibility. So as we talk here on tonight with, with family, on this family night, if there's some men out there listening, hey, you know, and, and women, hey, you know, it may not have worked out between y'all, but remember the children. Y'all got one thing in common, and that's the children. Now, if there's no children involved, then, hey, you know, hey, whatever, okay? But above the house, above the cars and the investments and all this, make sure there is proper time between the father and the children and the mother and the children, okay, if at all possible, okay? Make sure that there's proper time. Man, you know, be there, you know. I'm out here now, and it's freezing cold, but, you know, my daughter never played football, but she wanted to join the, the flag football team. So as a father, I'm sitting out here in the cold. Well, I'm in, I'm in my truck now, uh, you know, but for the first hour, I'm standing outside in the cold because she wants to play. Okay, because I'm very careful to make sure that my children see me present in everything that they do, that they see me, whether I'm yelling at them or whatever, that they know daddy is there. Okay, and whatever they whatever they want to do, at the last minute, Pamela said, well, I'm playing, I want to play flag football. And I'm like, you want to play what? Okay, all right. So, uh, you know, hey, I'm here. Daddy is here. Okay, uh, so it's important. And I don't know how far we're going to get on tonight. We we seem to be kind of stuck right here. Um, but it's important to make sure, I'm speaking to the fathers now, be a part of your children's lives, okay? And that does not always mean money, okay? You can be given money, but I'm speaking from experience right here. Right now I'm speaking from experience. As a child, I'd rather have time with my biological father because as a child I didn't I didn't know nothing about money I didn't know the value of money but as a child I knew I felt bad when my mom would get get us ready because he was coming and he never showed up okay I knew I felt bad as I grew up he was never there never showed up for a graduation never showed up for a basketball game never showed up for a football game all these things was free. Only thing he had to do was show up. Never showed up for the preaching and uh, any major parts of my life. Uh, my biological father was never there. Okay, from the time I can remember all the way up till he died when I was at 21. Okay, so a lot of times we're like, well, I'm giving my money, I'm paying child support. Yeah, well, if that's what you've been told to do, then then you do that. But that don't neglect you spending time, okay, spending time with the child. Anybody want to say anything about that, and then we'll, we'll raise the offer. Anybody want to say anything uh, about that? Maybe, you know, you grew up a certain way or you're in a situation like this now because of the time you may or may not have had with your parents. Anybody? Uh, uh, Bishop, uh, one of the things that you said you hit hit home on is spending time with your father and what I noticed over the years 
when I look at, you know, you look in, in, in families and everything, and a good thing we're talking about this, is that when the man leaves, normally the woman or the mother <clears throat> never grew up with the father. So when they get with these men <clears throat> and these men just leave, it's like there is a bigger void because the mother doesn't know how to deal with the boys and you let alone. That's why you have so many young men today that's, that's doing a lot of different things is because there's no real men. And when a real man shows up and you show authority, sometimes the woman or the mother gets offended just like the kid gets offended because they never heard of a man's voice and the man's presence. Wow. And, and that's why wow. it's very important that you spend time with your kids because if you don't and you just leave, you leave in a whole lot of voids, even with the mother. It's not just with the kids, it's with the mother, because now the mother has to raise a young boy up. And if you see a lot of these boys, and I'm going to be quiet, when they get into trouble, mothers always want to come to their rescue. Fathers is a totally different point of view when you get in trouble. You allow to let that right. child get hurt. You allow to let that child, whatever the process is, but the mother doesn't see that. And that's what's going on, is in my opinion, in, in, the, in the community today. <clears throat> wow. Great point. Great point. And anybody else? Great point, Elder. Yes, I want to comment. Um, no one knows this, but my older two are not willing when he met me, they were three and five, and their fathers were not in their lives either. But he stepped in, and that's really and truly the only father that they knew. Now, as they grew up, Katia, the second one, when she got ready to graduate, he showed up then. And that made Willis feel a certain type of way. Because he was like, I've been here all this time, and now that she's graduating from high school, you step in and, you know, wanting to reap the benefits. And, I, you know, I told him at the time, I said, just just give it to him. Let let him have his, his little 15 minutes of fame. Just let him do that. And, you know, now that they're 25 and 23, um, they don't. They look at, at Willie as that's dad. And even right. though when Father's Day came around, Katya always was like, Well, Mama, what should I do? I don't, I feel weird calling her biological. She felt weird calling him dad when, you know. And I said, Well, just, you know, be respectful. And they've always been respectful of them, but as far as if they were to walk up to them today, they would just, you know, still be respectful, but. They know who their their dad really is. Wow. Wow. Okay. See now now we dealing now we hitting home. We hitting home. Any, anybody else? Anybody else? But uh, we may get stuck right here, and that's okay. I do have a comment. So obviously, I wanted to go from the flip side, and Pastor, you you know me, but I'm not gonna you know, give my whole life story, but I want to go from the flip side to say that there are some mothers that need to allow the fathers to be fathers, to be present in their kids' life. Because my situation was the opposite. My situation was that my father wanted to be there, but because my mother was upset with him about a new relationship, she didn't allow him to be there. So there were times where 
me and my little sister would be fully dressed, backpacked for the weekend or holidays or summer break or whatever it is, and we would be waiting and waiting and waiting. And my dad car would never pull up. So when we started crying because our feelings were hurt, my mother would tell us that he, you know, low down and, you know, so forth, and he just didn't want to come see y'all. His new family was more important than y'all. That's why he wasn't there. But when I became a teenager, I found out that, no, I was on my way. But your mother would call me and tell me not to come. I needed to turn around or she was going to have your cousins to come over and fight me and, you know, different little silly things. So as you've already stated, both parents need to be logical of how the kids are going to be affected in the situation because they have, ill feelings or can't get past past hurt for one another. So don't allow that grown-up issue to become the kid's issue because then the children are affected. And it, it doesn't just stay at childhood sometimes. So my, my motto, and there's no perfect parent, but my motto is I do not want my kids to be hurt by something that I did in their childhood that they have to recover from in their adulthood. Wow. Sister Tober, say that say that again. Say that again, Sister Tober. I do not want my children to be hurt from something in their childhood that I did to them that they have to recover from in their adulthood. How many of us are I'm forty three and just like I can just tell y'all my story of my childhood, I can read it off to you like it happened yesterday. How many of us are still dealing with something, and this is this is just in general, that affected us in our childhood, and it still, for lack of better words, hunts us today. Still, it's still it's fresh, uh, be it the mother or the father, our parents or whatever that was that um, triggered, you know, there's different triggers that, like now, we just, I, I had no clue that we was going to go here, and I'm not going to go no farther. I'm not going to go no farther. We, we're going to stay right here for the next few minutes, and we'll be through because right now we, we're dealing with something that, for the most part, affects all of us, that we can can look back and say, the reason why I'm out here in the cold now, and those of y'all that's on this panel and praise happen, y'all know how I am when it comes down to my wife and my children. But the reason I'm this way, I could have chosen to, chosen to be like my, my daddy. But because I know what that feels like, that's why I had Sister Tobert Say that again because I know what that feels like to be waiting, anticipating with high hopes. Even when my mom remarried, and I thank God for my stepfather, Bishop Long, raising me, but he never could replace my biological father. Now, I lived in Lewis Park, which is right in the Atlanta area. My father stayed in Decatur which is about a 15-minute drive. A couple of months ago, 
Me and my older children went to a funeral in Linwood Park to bury one of my older sisters to her funeral. From Linwood Park, we went out to Decatur on Cattle Road to do the uh, to bury her, and it took about twenty twenty five minutes because we was in a procession. But generally, it's about fifteen minutes tops. And I had a conversation with my older children. And I told them, my daddy lived right down the street. And y'all saw it just took us 15, 20 minutes to leave, get from Newark Park to Decatur. And I said, I can count on one hand how many times my daddy would come and pick me. And at the time, Poochie and Shan, and later just me and Shan, because Poochie was a little older. I said, I can count on probably one finger. Matter of fact, I couldn't even count on one finger because I couldn't remember a time where he came and picked us up. He was 15 minutes away. Here I am, 43, and can still tell you the effect of that past, what happened in my childhood, and how it is still fresh in my mind today. That's why even now I'm at Bible study, but I'm out here at the football field. <laughs> I'm out here, and I want, when I got to the field, I started yelling, and my baby girl got a little interception, and then she got an interception the next game and almost returned it back, but she fumbled it, you know. But I went to yelling because it was important to me that she knows, oh, my daddy here now. Because I don't have a memory. And I, wa- and I was a pretty good ball player. Okay, I got, I got folk that can back up what I say. I, I was a pretty good ball player. But my daddy never showed up. Okay, so the reason why I am the way I am now, I miss church for my children. Okay, I don't live extra hours because it affects, it will affect, it will affect what my children got going on. And as a bus driver, I can get up to 60, 70 some hours a week just by doing field trips, but it'll take away from my wife and children. Okay, because I know what it's like to look in the stands and hear everybody else cheering, but you don't hear your own parents. You hear everybody else calling your name, but where's my mom? Where's my dad? Now, my stepfather, when he married my mom, it was so church. It was all about church, 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 that they didn't even come to my game. Once again, I'm in a situation, my biological is not showing up. Now, my mom, which... You know, she didn't drive. She, you know, hey, she went wherever her husband, you know, hey, whatever whatever it is, it, it, it is what it is. But I hear everybody else, Omar, this man, you did that, that, that. But it didn't come from my folks. But when it came down to church, Omar's the youth pastor. Omar's the minister of music. Omar's the drummer. Omar's the choir director. Omar's the organist. Omar's the praise and worship leader. Omar's over Tuesday night Bible study. Omar's over intercessory prayer. Omar's youth pastor. That's almost ten things I just named in the church, how I was celebrated. But in the, my other activities, I wasn't. Okay. Anybody else? That's just mine. Y'all talking good. We almost through. Any, anybody else want to say anything? <laughs> yes. Um, I would like to say something. 
and I would just like to come in um, really from a different perspective, but along the same line. So earlier uh, when my wife brought in the topic about, you know, well, the question about uh, with the with the child and, you know, um, why could that be like a, you know, a, a, a bad child, so to speak. Um, and right. I had gave like an answer along well, you know, it could be him being in the wilderness, like his mom being in the wilderness and all this other type of things. And, you know, that led, Pastor, like you was talking about the importance of the father being there and stuff like that. So for me, um, it also, you know, shows the importance of not only the father being there, but the mother as well. Because for me, I right. know that my father was present. I was around the right. same age as uh Ishmael and when, you know, my mother left. So I was you know, it was different. So that ground thirteen, fourteen range or wherever we get down to it uh later on, you know, that's when my mom left. So there's different things that as a man growing up that were absent because of I didn't get that from a mother. So you don't get the motherly love because I'm raised by my father as far as the years that were um, going to be of more importance. As you get older, up in that 13, 14 range, coming to know yourself and knowing who you're going to be, you know, so that, that's why it's important that, you know, both parents be there or just the time is spent because, like y'all just said, you know, sometimes you don't have that support. I didn't have support from my mom. My mom didn't make graduation, wedding. Pastor, I didn't been at the church eleven years or however long. Thirteen, no, do thirteen. I done been there thirteen years. You never met my mom. So you know, and my dad has been there, you know, several times. But it's all about what we uh, are supposed to do for our children, and this shows that you know sometimes our parents show us what to do and what not to do. Right. You know, and that was a situation where I found out, well, I shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't be to where I can't have a situation uh, if the, you know, relationship goes south. However, you still have to go and be there for your children, you know, because there are certain things that you lack and you realize that you lack them even in adulthood because you still have to relearn different things because you didn't get it in childhood. So wow. it's very important for parents to be there and as much as you can, regardless of the situation, regardless of however it happened, regardless of, of whatever, you know, the the child didn't ask to be there. Like, uh, you know, Ishmael didn't ask to be there. You know, he was a result of what happened with the parents, you know. So at the end of the day, it's everybody's job to, you know, come in and take care of that situation. But that, you know, that's what I got to say on it. Wow, well, man. Wow. And okay. I, um, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead, Elder. No, I, I, I was just, you know, listening as it's taking it in, and, you know, brings back a lot of, uh, a lot of memories because um, my, my father wasn't with us, but he was very well present. And just like he was present, uh, my mother would dog him on every, in that he would he could do no right 
and we was growing up, me and my brother, and, and, and when things would get hard, my mother would be like, I'm going to go take his church. I'm going to go down and take, stick the white man on him, all the negative stuff that she would say about my father. But yet, not one time did my father say anything bad about my mother. And and it, it, it kind of hits home even today because my mother made so many threats to my father. Um, and he was a pastor. He was well-known. Um, but when he turned his life over, he turned his life over. And my mother couldn't accept the fact that he turned his life over. So there was never nothing good that she would say about my father. But my father never said anything bad about <clears throat> my, my mother, and he sat us down. And and one of the things that, that affects me to this day, and I, 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 I don't share this too much, but I much rather have lost my father. Um, I much rather have him now than when I was a little. Because the lessons wow. I learned from him when I was little, you know, it gets you to a certain point. But when you get into manhood, you, you're looking right. at a lot of different things and how would you handle it. I'm always asking myself, how would he handle this situation? Um, I got support, but the support from your father when you become a man is a, totally different than when you're a little boy growing up. Because um, we, you know, we had my mother there to protect us. My father was there from a distance, and he he ruled from a distance. That's why I say it's important to have a relationship with your child. Um, and and it, it just this is good because it just help. I know it's helping a lot of people because it's helping me to hear the different stories and and not to know a lot of things and hear what Tober talk about his mom not ever being. Pre- that that's really deep when you think about it. Right. And I commend him the way he is as a father because you would never know that unless he told you that. And 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 <clears throat> a lot of times when you got Christ in your life, a lot of times he'll intercede and make us do the right thing, even though we may not have had the proper training. Um, and it, it's, it's just a lot for me um, taking in, listening to it, learning from it, and, and, and trying to make myself a better man by this because it is, it, this is deep. This is, this opens up a whole lot of doors for me, um, and I'm that's all I'm gonna say right now. I mean that that's good, Elder, and I I like you know I I me and my wife had a conversation about Deacon Oglesby and 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 Lady Oglesby a few weeks ago, and I was like, I said, yeah, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, all those are his daughters, you know they, you know they same mama, same daddy, you know. And that just speaks of of his character, because now, like you said, with this, you know, most of everybody's hearing something new from our, you know, inner circle, you know, our fellowship. But to know this man, we just ordained him a deacon. We just laid hands on him. Now it really even more certifies what kind of man he is, just from what his wife just said, and she was right. Most folks don't know that the oldest two. Uh, or not his biological, okay? I didn't know, okay? And I've been knowing him for a few years. And so far what I've seen, he's always treated all of them just from the outside looking in. Those his babies. Those his girls. And you better not mess with not nam one of them. I don't know if that's proper English, but you know not to mess with not nam one of them, okay? So, um, I mean, this is, I got people. I got I got members texting me, y'all, and they are. They, hey, everybody is loving this, and that's why I said, cause you know we only got into a few verses, but 
when you get to this part, it touches, it reaches all of us. And, and I'm going to say this, and then I'll open it back up for, for anyone else. Um, my, my, my father, my biological father died when I was 21. I went to see him. My, my stepdad bought me my first car when I was in the 10th grade. And from 16 to 21, in those five years, I went to see my, my biological father more in those five years than he'd ever come to see me the previous 16. And the thing I want to say to add on to that is my mama, God rest her soul, my mother never said anything bad about my biological daddy. She never said anything bad about him. But you knew what you know what happened? Me, Shannon, po- now Poochie ended up living with him and pretty much raised himself while living with him. But me and Shannon, I'm going to speak for me and, me and my baby sister. We, we was able to live long enough, and we found out for ourselves. So my mama never had, and this, I'm, I'm saying this to somebody out there, to some mother, some father, you don't have to dog that other one. You just keep doing the right thing. Those children are going to grow up. And like me and Shan and my brother Poochie, Poochie's, Poochie's five years older than me. So he, he was already, you know, almost a teenager by the time my mom married my stepfather. But by the time me and Shan was able to grow up and we got through our teenage years and I got grown, I was able to develop my own opinion. And it, it didn't have to do, it had nothing to do with my mama trying to persuade me that my step, that my, my biological father wasn't a good dad. I found that out for myself. She didn't have to persuade me. She didn't have to throw nothing negative. She didn't have to do none of that. I found out for myself. Because as I continued to grow, then I began to notice even more that this Joey don't show up for nothing. So all the honor and all the prestige or any acknowledgement I received, the man that got the credit in my life, even now, when I talk, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's a negative side or whatever, because, you know, my stepfather was a pastor, and things didn't end up the way we wished they would, but it all went bad. But the preacher I am, um, the way I go about doing business and different things like that, it wasn't from my biological, it was from my stepfather. The gifts I got, you know, in the ministry and things like that, it was the nurturing that I received from my stepfather. It was the nurturing and the mentoring. Remember, they, I mean, they was all about church. And any, any, anybody that grew up old school, I'm, 40, I'm 43, but I grew up the old way. Oh, you didn't miss church. Okay, so my roots are Kojic. So you, you didn't miss church, you know, using Sunshine Band, using, you know, YWCC or y, YPW, all this stuff. We was in convocation. We didn't miss church. Okay, so I grew up under that, but I took a little bit from that to say, well, I'm going to raise my children in the church. You know, hey, I'm going to teach them. I'm going to model God in front of them, but I want to show them more balance. See, we didn't even really take vacations, okay, because we weren't missing no church for no vacation. That's the way I grew up. Okay, I can count on two or three fingers how many vacations my family went on, okay, because we weren't missing church. But now, 
okay, because I know the importance of vacationing. I try to take my family every two or three months. You know, generally we try to go somewhere, okay? So there's been different little things that I took good, good here and see, hey, this going to work for my family, that ain't going to work for my family. This going to work for my family, that ain't going to work. Let me make this happen. So my mom, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to open it back up for anybody else. My mom never had to dog my father, my, my biological. I don't remember her ever dogging him. But I found out as I continued to grow up, I found out for myself. And I was able to develop my own opinion concerning him. Not one picture. Remember, he passed when I was 21. I don't have one picture with him. And he stayed 15 minutes away. I don't have one picture of a football game, basketball game, baseball game, any kind of pre- – any anything. Don't have it. But you can't find a picture in my uh, – anything with me without my children in it, without my wife and children. I don't even take selfies. I don't take I, – I, you know uh, – I'm not, you know, I don't, you can take a picture of me, it's going to be with me and my wife and me and my children. I got a room at my house that's just full of, my basement and my uh, garage is just full of pictures with me and my children, me and my wife and my children. Okay? So we, we any, anything, I'm, I'm through. I'm not, I'm not going to go no farther than the scriptures. I think we, 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 we've got a place tonight where, where we all are going to be thinking. And I think we've reached the point where we all, I mean, I'm hearing from deacons, sisters in the church that are saying, hey, y'all, y'all, are, this is good. This is good. And wishing that they could be on and, and respond. But th- this is good. We're going to be working on some of that in, in the future. Uh, but anybody else on the panel, you got any closing, uh, any closing, then I'm going to do the offering and then we'll, we'll do the benediction. But anyone got any closing remarks uh, for tonight? Okay, everybody's good. Um, I would say we're good. Um, I would have more to say, but I don't want to take it back to where we were. I would just say that it's a great lesson. Uh, thank you for putting us in this position to be able to um, get this all out because, you know, we were all able to be vulnerable and learn so much from each other at this standpoint, just being able to hear different sides and different views on how, you know, parenthood is important and what we should, you know, know to do, we need to do that, you know, and and just be there for our children, how important it is, you know, and stuff like that, and and how Scripture can bring out certain things that we didn't even think that's directly in there, but we, we can apply that. You know that that's right. There. We we see that, you know, there was uh, there's going to be an absence from Abraham, you know, down the line. We see that that's going to happen, you know, because right. of what what's going on with them. So now you see that how that affects that young man in his lifestyle. Same way it's going to affect uh, a lot of us with our upbringing. However, your upbringing was that affects who you were. You know, like for for me, um, like I said earlier, not having my mom and stuff like that is just my dad. So I learned how to be a man earlier 
So that's why when people met me at a younger age, I've always heard either you're so mature for your age or, you know, whether they say, oh, you got an old soul or different things, that's because of upbringing, because of, you know, what you what you see around you and what you know to do. So it's all important. Great um, great topic. Didn't know we were going to this part of the scripture, but, but thank you, Pastor. That's all I got to say. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Anybody else? Yeah, I just want to comment. Um, my sister, she's not my biological sister, but uh, children, and her oldest son, he and I are, are a year apart. And to this day, really, I, and I feel no She really despises him. She would treat, she always treat the other two like gold or treated him. It's like he's Ishmael. Like he just does not belong. And even when my dad was living, he really, he, he tolerated him, I'll say. Everybody in the family tolerated him. But I was the only one who actually loved him. And I never understood why everybody, you know, said he's this, he's that, or he's bad news, he's this. But I never saw that in him. And even, you know, we talked when I was in Tampa, and he was like, I would do anything for you. He said, because you're the only one that has treated me like a person, only one who has loved me from your heart. And I've asked several times, I'm like, what is it with you and your mama? Why why is it, because he told me, he said, the way that you treat your mom, the way that you love her, the way that you... At the time when I was trying to get her up here, he said, I'd right. never do that. He said, he said, I would put her in a nursing home and, and walk away. He said, but I will not wow. disrespect, but I just don't, I don't deal with her. And he, he said he doesn't know. He said he thinks maybe he looks like his dad, and she just hates that man, whoever he is, and she just you know, doesn't want Anything to do with him, and he has felt that all these years. And he's like almost to the point. He's, a, he's an adult now. He's married, and we talked in death. And he's to the point where he would like almost cry about it because he always right. wanted that love of a mother, but he never got it. But he he told me he's like you're the only one. He said, Auntie, I would do anything. Just don't call me that. You know, you know to call me by my name, but. It's Can y'all still hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, we hear you. Okay. Thank you, uh, Oglesby. That's, uh, wow. That's all I can say. Wow. Go ahead. Any, anybody else before we before I dismiss? Anyone else? Okay. Okay. I'm going to say this, then I'm going to give the offering information. My sister... And this is kind of what I've just found out 
my one of my older sisters, one that I was saying that just passed, um, she, from what was told to us, her and her mother had a, it was a strain on their relationship because she looked just like my daddy. And what from what I was hearing from my older siblings were, you know, yeah, that's the reason why, because she looked so much like daddy. And because it didn't work out with mom and daddy, it was like when mama, you know, when, when their mom looked at her, she saw our our daddy. And that's what caused a strain on on their relationship. And so we, we know we know that that's you know that that that, that is real. That is a real um, that's a real thing. There's you know, and once again, I don't know if it was Minister Tobin, but someone said it ain't the child it ain't the child's fault that they was here. It was all blissful. When y'all was laying down and doing what you was doing, it was all blissful. But because it didn't work out, now that child has to suffer. And and this goes back to even with Sister uh, Osby's nephew. This goes back to a lot a lot of what the black church don't like to talk about. We we say everything is demonic and the devil. And yes, some some stuff is, but not everything. But it's like a stigmatism for for the black church to talk about mental health, okay? Being sound mentally, and a lot a lot of times people are struggling mentally over this very fact of what we're talking about tonight. So if you got somebody in your family, uh, and, and me and my own brother Poochie, the one I testified about Sunday, you know, me and Poochie got the same mom and daddy. You know, my brothers had a lot of hurt, a lot of bitterness because of things that happened in in childhood. And I've had to, as his baby brother, he he honors me as his pastor and his financial consultant. He'll tell you all this, his mentor and everything. He's five years older than me. But I've had to mentor and pray and help pull him through because of what happened in childhood. Okay, and it causes a lot of mental, so... You got siblings, you know, some of these siblings, they, 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 they get treated a certain way because, hey, they, they, everybody thinks they got the same mom and daddy, but because it's so hush-hush, you know, and what, stay, what happened in this family, stay in this family. Well, that's why the whole family crazy, because certain stuff needs to be discussed. That child, that child don't look like the uncle just by, by happenstance, but don't nobody want to say nothing. Don't I want to talk about where well, that, that girl got molested. It was a family member that molested her or a brother or a cousin that raped her. Now, now here's a baby that is the brother's cousin's daddy's nephew. But don't nobody want to talk about it. And you wonder why this child is, is you know, is a little off. Okay, so these are, uh, hopefully tonight we've said something that, I mean, we, we got to the point where the angel told, told uh, Hagar, Submit yourself and take that, go back. Submit yourself. There had to be a reason. There had to be a reason. And what we're pulling out is it was important for, for Ishmael to at least have some type of experience with his daddy. Because we, we know what's, some other things going to happen later on, and we're going to get to it. 
But I, I hope we, we've said something tonight. I already know we have because I, I, I've gotten three or four text messages already. That's just on my end. But some that we strike a conversation or put something in someone's heart to say, I need to do better. Yes, it didn't work out with me and his daddy, but that doesn't mean I need to take it out on him. Yeah, he looked just like his daddy. Well, who else is he supposed to look like? He's supposed to look like your daddy? Or maybe he looked like your daddy too. Okay? Or she looked just like a mama. Okay, who is she? Who else is she supposed to look like? Okay? So, men, we asking you, step up. Do it. Do, do what you're supposed to do. Even if, if it don't work out between you and mama, y'all got one thing in common. That's the child of these children. All right. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Listen, let's give our offering information. Uh, I, I do want to say this. Uh, extended arms, those of you that have been given, thank you so much. Last night, we had a gentleman uh, show up at our house, uh, a friend of our family, someone uh, uh, that we've been knowing that's worked on our cars and worked with my wife uh, in her zone, um, showed up at our house last night unexpectedly. And we hadn't seen him. It's been a couple of years, you know, probably since COVID, uh, before COVID. But he showed up unannounced at our house. Uh, he's a Caucasian guy, so he, here's a Caucasian guy showing up at a black family's house, and he needed some assistance. And what we found out was uh, not too long ago, his his daughter, if I'm not mistaken, he only has one child. His daughter had died, if I'm not mistaken, from some type of cancer. And they had spent all their money, all their savings and different things trying to, you know, do whatever the doctors were saying, to do chemo and different things like that. And, you know, eventually none, it didn't work. The, the, his young daughter passed. And just a few months ago, his wife committed suicide. So he was just at a desperate point, just uh, a point of no return. I even heard him say she's he, just hopeless. This was just last night. And, um, you know, he needed some assistance. He was staying in a little tent. Uh, it's, you know, homeless now. I mean, I think he said he, at one time, he had over two hundred and some thousand dollars in his account, but because of they was trying to get the the help, all the medical stuff for his daughter, you know, the account got drained and different things. He was just at a at a destitute point and just needed some assistance. And he told told my wife what he uh, what he needed, and uh, my wife shared it with me, and I was able to contact. Elder and Sister Oliver to see if um, extended arms could assist in this matter. And uh, right away, Sister Oliver reached back out and said, yeah, what what do we need to do? Let me know, Pastor, the next step, what we need to do. And uh, I'm saying that because y'all have been given to extended arms, and we want to thank y'all um, for what you're doing, for, for, for what y'all have been given. And we was really able to assist He's not even a member of the church. I gave him the church information. If he show up, fine. If he don't, fine. But we was able to plant a seed on last night uh, through the extended arms. And remember, Jesus said, what you do to the least of my little ones, you do unto me. So I just want to thank you all uh, for those that have been given to extended arms. We, uh, Elder Sister Oliver, uh, Sister Oliver mainly, especially with that account and things have been you know, I'll even say, hey, man, my wife handles that, so I just want to just give a shout-out to you, Sister Oliver, on the night. Thank you so much for your speedy response and assistance on last night. 
and uh, I already know God is glorified uh, because the young man was just, he had no one else to go to, had no one else to turn, and he just, he knew we, he knows I'm a pastor, he knows my wife, uh, you know, we are church folk, we're God-fearing folk, and he just showed up at our doorstep, literally. I had left the house, and I see somebody at my door, I'm checking the ring, and I'm calling, hey, man, what's up, who is this, who is this at my house? And I found out who it is, and you heard the story, and, uh, you know, just really was heartfelt. So thank you all so much. Um, so if you want to give on tonight, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, extended Arms information is dollar sign E-A ministry. You can give that through cash out, whatever the amount is, uh, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Once again, that's dollar sign E-A ministry. And for our church, Praise Tabernacle Church, uh, it's dollar sign PTC 877. Once again, it's dollar sign PTC 877. I'll ask you, hey, what I do, I, I split it up, and I give a few over to Extended Arms, then I give a few over to uh, the local church. Um, pretty much I try to do it every Tuesday night. I may miss every now and then, but, um, you know, we just thank you all so much for support. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, we got we got another round next month. We're going to pick up. We're going to stay right here. We, we ain't trying to go quick. We're going to stay right here next month. We're going to pick up from where we're off, from where we're starting off at. Uh, we're leaving off on tonight. And, uh, you know, we, we're working on some other things to try to get uh, maybe some other members involved to be able to call in towards the end to comment. Uh, that was a, a suggestion made to me by one of our members on last week. Um, so we, we're just looking at some things, uh, what we can do to uh, maybe make it a little more inclusive. Uh, so y'all continue to pray for us. Thank you so much for what y'all are doing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love those children. Love each other. Okay, Mom and Dad, you still together. Love each other. If you're separated, y'all love those children. Love on those children. Ask questions. Okay, ask questions. Those are your children. God is holding you responsible for what you do to your children, how you treat your children. They are yours. God gave them to you as a gift. Treat them like they're gifts. Okay, I know they're hard-headed, but treat them like they're gifts. Okay? Father, we thank you. We appreciate you as we go to leave this place, but never your presence. God, we pray now that you would continue to strengthen us to be better fathers, to be better mothers. God, some, some families, they, as we even heard on tonight, uh, is what our world may have said is a step or have, uh, stepdad or stepmom or whatever, even in then, God, we have a lot of families that have have joined together with children coming in and uh, different things. But, God, even in that, we know that you're still able to, to work things out. There are still teaching moments in that. And we're praying for the families like that because we understand that there is a struggle. There is even more of a struggle in situations like that. And we pray that you will strengthen Whatever we find ourselves tonight, those that are in the same parents' house, those that are in, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, blended families, God, that you would strengthen us. Teach us how to do how we should love our children. Teach us how we should love each other. And we're going to glorify you. We're going to magnify you. We're going to give your name the praise. And as we leave this place, now of your presence, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, tells us to go ye therefore, teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. God bless you and good night.